It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to BGN Radio. Why you would punt the ball to Darren Strolls in the middle of the field, I have no idea. On the leading green nation, it is deed indeed. In fact, I can actually say this for the second week in a row. It is episode number 237. I can't believe I blew that last time. I had so many uh, thoughts going on that I was like, oh, yeah, we're." I, I jumped ahead to buy an episode. I tried to cheat everybody in there, but I won't do that tonight. It is John Barchard, and it is Mr. The Lovely, The Dashing, the host of Upon Further Review. It is Mr. Vince Quinn. What's going on tonight, buddy? Hello there, John Barchard. Happy hey. to be here. Yes, uh, we are. Uh, it is very late. Uh, for for especially for grandma and grandpa, we sent them to bed a long time ago. As we're recording from uh, WIP, one more time, we're going to have a lot of fun. We got a ton of questions in, and you guys uh, have some good ones, including some hot sauce takes. So I hope you're ready for that. Oh, I saw that. I'm excited. Uh, so we're going to get into that. But uh, of course, we want to remind everybody: if you are out there subscribing on SoundCloud or Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Google Play, TuneIn, wherever you are out there. Uh, please, the uh, the five star reviews do go a very long way on any platform that accepts those, and uh, it helps us promote and then get into funky, fun spots. And we've got a lot planned. In fact, I, Vince, I don't know if you saw this or not. So, I we have kind of had an idea because our good friend GJ Kenny, uh, the Eagles, uh, you know, uh, I guess mythical creature, as we will. We will call him the. Uh, that's not the word I'm exactly looking for, but we're going to stick with that. No, but that works for me. Yeah. Uh, so we were. He got a new job at SMU. He announced his retirement from the NFL in May, uh, early on, and too uh, much fanfare. To, yeah, exactly. And uh, and BLG had some some great articles about that. And then today he got a job at SMU, being an offensive line assistant. Uh, over there, a little offensive line assistant coach. So I got really excited because we had played around with the ideas like, man, we should really throw GJ a retirement party. But now he's got a new gig, so I think we should combine the two. And ladies and gentlemen, get your shoes ready. 
to be put on and get ready to dance and have a have a good time because we are in fact going to organize the GJ Kenny, the first annual GJ Kenny retirement slash congrats on the new gig party. It's a terrible title, but it's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. Hooray! All right. Congrats to GJ Kenny because. There, I mean, we need some fun stuff to do over the summertime. So maybe it's our turn. It's the Eagles fan base to invade Xfinity Live and do something crazy and and just have a, a bunch of fun. And I think this has a lot of legs. So we're gonna we're gonna get working on this in the first first couple of weeks of uh, of June here and just see if we can time everything out right for you know everybody to to join the festivities. So. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be so much fun. Uh, also, a big thank you to, uh, again, all of our Patreon subscribers, patreon.com slash BGN Radio. And there's uh, definitely a lot of new faces with uh, with the producers and the ones that have been with us uh, since the inception of, of throwing that on. We want to thank every single one of you. We will be doing uh, Eagle After Dark on Sunday night. So you want to make sure they get those $5 subscriptions in because uh, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that we have to go through from the NFL draft to the rights to Ricky Sanchez lottery parties. We were all down there. There's a lot of crazy stuff with uh, a lot of uh, lot of stories going on. So again, our our good uh, thanks to uh, John Wintertweet and Tim Westcott, Mike In- uh, Michael Ingram, Dan Glick, Sean Arnold, the 2008 Phillies, uh, Twitter account, which, by the way, I don't know if you if you're down with that, but it is definitely a must follow for this Philly season because they are not helping us get through our summer at all. So you can go through all the highlights of that. It's a it's a lot of fun, uh, including those in uh, the past as well. Our good friend uh, Len Hunsucker, who is uh, does the Philly Sports Roundtable podcast over there as well, is uh, one of our main producers here, and plus everybody else that has uh, contributed in the past and or present. We will definitely uh, mention those names before. Of course, there's the $25 subscribers, which, again, if you are on board with that, you are definitely coming on this podcast during the season when there's a, a ton of things, hopefully, to talk about with all of these new players and one we're going to get into, and you know exactly who that is. But, uh, uh, you know, our, John, who uh, I don't know if he wants his last name said, so I'll just say John from Portland, at not my real emails, he has, <laughs> has really been taking off with this thing, and he's been... He's been a workhorse for us, basically. You know, he calls a show on the on WIP every Saturday, and he's there coming up with good content. You'll you'll probably hear some of his questions tonight too. But Carrie Austin, uh, uh, Rohan, uh, Chris, our, our good friend over there, runs the uh, Sexy Time Lax. James, Josh, uh, uh, Stavo Gold, who is I, he's a mystery. I don't know who that is. And our good friend Stephen Lee, as always, and uh, Joel Tambusi uh, as well. well. I will see you very soon. So Patreon.com. Slash BGN Radio. Wow, there's a, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of things that are happening in the offices. i got to get them out. Uh, and one more thing to plug, and then we'll get into it. So the the well, first we'll do the reactions, and then we'll promote, because you've, you've, <laughs> you've made it this far already. <laughs> okay. uh, so the Eagles finally announced that, you know, and this was on everybody's minds here, Vince. This, was, this seemed really obvious, and I don't think a lot of people actually thought it was going to happen, but... Garrett Blunt to Philadelphia for a one-year deal on basically 400k plus incentives, uh, and uh, I uh, I love this signing. I think this is great, and it's exactly what they needed. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense because for the Eagles, what you're looking for, even if you like Smallwood and Sproles and Pumphrey, and you're big on those guys, they clearly don't have the skill set that Blunt offers. So to get him in. On the one-year deal, it's a reasonable deal, too. It's a lot of incentives and things, so it, it's a well-done deal for both sides. And now you 
you have all this, really all the skills that people want in that bell cow running back. We we have it in four parts scattered across the backfield, <laughs> which which some might call a a running back by committee, or that's what I'm saying. Is this? It's a really big semantical debate because you and I went at it on Saturday. Yes, a bit. it's one of the reasons so. why I wanted you here tonight is because uh, is it rotational or is it by committee? I still think this is a rotational backfield and Legarrette Blunt is still the lead back regardless of what happens here. Some games that means he might not get you know 15 carries, but it doesn't mean that he's not going to be the guy that's there on first down. It's not going to mean he's going to be there on third and short. He's going to be there, you know, when it when it's when it's appropriate. And uh I I I still I think this is a better situation than what you were describing a week ago. Well, they've clearly upgraded and I support that. Um my thing is I don't know how much we're really going to see from Blunt in a game-to-game basis. There's some people who are expecting carries in the teens, regularly, high teens. And when I look at the Eagles, I just see a team that keeps passing and passing and added again and again at wide receiver. They're looking to pass and pass often. And Blunt, like, here's the great thing with LeGarrette Blunt. So, you know, you watch games and you're aware of what players can do, but I hadn't seen LeGarrette Blunt catch many passes. So... I'm like, okay, I'm going to look through his numbers over the last couple of years just to see. And I look at the 2016 season, and I see the number like 36. And I'm like, oh, that's good. And then the year before, I see like 45. And I'm like, great. And again, 36 in 2014. I'm like, wow, those numbers are way higher than I thought. That was the yardage. <laughs> it was yeah. the yardage. Three catches, 45 yards. And that's the thing. It was like, wow, he really does bring nothing to the table as a receiving option. So he is limited in that regard. And for the the Eagles wanting to pass so much, I think we have to be realistic in, in terms of what the expectations are for this guy. I do think that there are still possibilities that he could still be actually in there on all three downs. And so is Sproles, but in the same fashion of, okay, now he's now he's you know motioned out into the slot. Or, again, that could be Pumphrey, that could be Smallwood, that could be a lot of different guys that are kind of rolling through there. I don't expect him. Now, again... Last year, you probably all already heard the totals already. 299 carries, which is under that 300. Uh, just <laughs> under. Just right under. It counts. But it also, I just want to remind everybody, too, that the Patriots did not have Tom Brady for four games. And they were down to Jacoby Brissett for two of them. And they questioned whether or not, you know, uh, that Jimmy Garoppolo should go in or out of games. So they, I mean, the majority of those massive carries came in those first four games. And then it... It evened out, you know. There was there was a workload that was that was in t- uh, a lot there. It was high above, I think, most of his averages split between uh, Pittsburgh and uh, for that short stint, and when he was with New England previously to that. So he was in that one sixty five, one fifty five range, somewhere around there, uh, and and it really did skew like his average for everything because when you put all those numbers together, it was at one hundred ninety three, and that's just not. It's not an accurate, you know, description of what he's doing. So I actually think here, I wouldn't expect more than 130. Really, I mean, and 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 I 100 percent agree with your assessment on that. I'm sure Tehran said it a bunch of times too. Is that they are? It is still going to be a pass first offense, and I I've never disagreed with that. But now there'll be a little more balance here. That's what's great about this signing is because you don't have to rely on on that and just to be clear Wentz never threw 60 times or didn't throw 60 times a game every single game and I feel like we absorb that and point to that so many times it was just one game all right like that and 
And again, as we've argued and, and ranted and raved about for a very long time now, the Eagles could not, and what just my opinion, could not run the football. Now I think they can run the football. Well, yeah, one of the things is respect. You know, Blunt, sure, he's a running back that's 30 years old, but he has a good reputation, and even if they're only running him eight, nine times a game, you have to respect that he's on the field and what he's able to bring to the middle of a rushing attack. So for the Eagles, even if they are still going to pass more, it's one of those weird situations where people always talk about, you know, the pass game uh, being opened up by the running game. Well, in this case, the the threat of the running game is going to give you so much more in the passing game because you have to respect him on those early downs. He can get you those, you know, four yards a carry that you need to have successful drives. And where you saw uh, the Eagles struggle a ton last year is, you know, they were in the bottom of the league in those short yarded situations. And we already know that the red zone was a big concern and trouble. So I, I don't think that fixes all of that, but it definitely fixes a lot of it. And, and it's just it just so happens that Legarrette Blunt like has led the league in uh, in third and fourth down percentages of all running backs for a very long time. So again, it makes it makes a ton of sense there. And there was you know there's been some discussion back and forth on how he feels and and how he's all, all that stuff's going to be addressed and how many carries does he actually need? As a running back, you want to have a you want to get into a rhythm of, of of the game. You know, see how the defense is playing, what the flow of the game is. Um, I wouldn't necessarily put a number on it, but, you know, um, after a few, you can kind of tell. Which I thought he did a beautiful job of sidestepping. <laughs> yeah, for a guy for a guy that's that heavy and straightforward, he's very graceful left and right dodging questions. Very much so. It was great. Played a full season, played every game, um, every carry that they gave me. I feel great. I feel, I feel amazing. Now, I, and that was part, uh, part of a cut there that I think Jimmy Kemsky, the very first question that came out was basically, hey, no disrespect. I'm 40 years old, but you're a 30-year-old running back. Like You've had a lot of carries and all that stuff, and how are you going to do that? I mean, he basically said all the things that you're going to say at a press conference. I didn't learn anything from it other than that his body feels really good. The thing I do most is I just make sure I stay on a healthy diet. You know, um, As long as I eat good, maintain my weight, I'm, I'm, a pretty, I'm pretty good at it. So it's easy to stay healthy at that point. Attention, Lacey. Eddie? <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where's uh yeah, where's where's Blunt's deal for uh, losing weight to this uh, this summer? No, he doesn't need to. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and that's that's one of the nice things too is in terms of a veteran like the, the, one of the things that's clouded Blunt for so long, and I guess that's a convenient pun, um, it, it's the the marijuana problems and the sucker punch that he had at, in his college career. But you hear those comments of a guy who is 30 years old, been to these Super Bowls, been in a disciplined system. He does seem mature, and it seems like he's taking care of himself. He's a great example for the team, and and I'm not as concerned with the hot-headedness and things that I've heard about before. Yeah, and and even Chris Long, I think, had jumped in and just said what an incredible teammate he had been, even just with his time there with him, and I, it makes a lot of sense. Again, it's one of those guys that's probably fantastic in the locker room, and if you're playing against him, you probably hate him, and you have to deal with all that stuff. That's, I mean, you know, but it's kind of interesting because there is as much as much as I think uh, a lot of Eagles fans want to get away from some of that stuff, you know, if he punched Des Bryant in the face <laughs> on like a Sunday night football game, we wouldn't care. We would enjoy that. Oh, right? we would we would build him a statue. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I, I will say the one thing that I thought was great when you know they were 
I can't remember what the, what the back and forth was, but basically, like, what kind? You came from a Super Bowl team. Are you going to kind of bring that mentality over here? I don't think you need to bring the culture of New England here. You know, they have a culture of their own. You know, they had, they've had a lot of great players come through here. You know, B. Doc. You know, the running back coach Deuce. You know, they've had the Donovan. They've had a lot of great players come through here. So, I don't think you need to bring the culture of anybody of any team over here because they simply they have their own now again could all be bs and and that's what you're supposed to do but that made that made me feel good and i was just like yeah that's that's the correct answer to say there oh yeah totally i mean the the weird way this is where my mind goes like i kind of think of the beatles right the beatles very successful in their early years they're making this basic you know 50s pop but it, and they were more or less clean at the time. Later in their career, they're doing tons of drugs, and they're still wildly successful. Different methods, both work. It's all about what suits you and, and who you are. And like you know, that's the Eagles. Yeah, be you, Doug Peterson. Be you, Roseman. Be you. That's the only way to do it. You borrow from those good cultures. You learn from them. But you, if you impersonate, then you're not going to get anywhere. Exactly. And uh, and this is. Well, I, I won't even go down that road, but this is exactly I, – I think this is what Kelly had in mind, honestly, at the end of the day. I, there was just – you could tell that there was clear uh, – guys felt like they couldn't be themselves, and maybe that's what kind of created the chaos. This is kind of happening as it is, and again, it's not like – you know, it's not like LeGarrette Blunt is – I don't think he's on that level of a lot of those player discussions that we have. Not that you care anyway. You don't care about anybody's morality in the locker room. <laughs> no, I'm, is, I am Mr. Amoral. <laughs> Which is phenomenal. Uh, but uh, with that being said, I think that this is – and a lot of people have said, well, what does this mean for Corey Clement? <laughs> already. Like, we're already on to that. It's like, you know, Has he be, become that much of a darling I, already? I, I, I guess so. And people, people have that in their heads of, okay, well, they're going to – they're going to move on. They're going to do all this stuff. But, again, it's another one-year deal. It, it makes sense for a lot of different reasons. It's actually what we said just last week where we're going through this and saying, look, if you bring in a veteran running back, which we all thought they were going to, and you just see what the rest of the backfield can give you, no one's going to feel confident about Pumphrey just coming in there and being like, yeah, sure, or Smallwood off of his second year, some, some great, some good, some injuries, and be like, you guys are fine. This, these three guys are, are, are okay. And and now you don't have to do that. Now you're not forced into it. Maybe you get another year out of Legarrette after this if you really need to. Uh, and maybe you even take it. You maybe even draft another running back or see if Corey Clement works out. You just have all these. Even if this doesn't work out, you still have a, a bunch of different options here. And this is what's good about it. Yeah, and that's the beauty of doing this kind of system where you're drafting. You know, Pumphrey's a fourth round pick. Smallwood, I believe, was a fifth round pick. So if you look around, like the Eagles are built. On that Andy Reid model, right? Like Peterson and all that, that's what they're trying to replicate. Well, when you go back to what the Eagles did, you had Deuce Staley, you had Buck Halter, you had Westbrook, and the idea was you consistently are drafting lower backs and you want to develop. And if you happen to get a guy who becomes a stud, that's great. But otherwise, you have a couple of capable running backs and you can get by. You just continue to churn the wheel at the bottom of the draft and improve because there's no reason to be beholden to a Wendell Smallwood if, you know, another good running back class comes up in a year or two. It's just, you keep it open. And honestly, there's a couple of good running backs that are coming out Next year, you know, it's not. It's definitely not anywhere close to this type of hype, and I think there are definitely guys with four or five of them that have first round talent. And I, I still believe that. But uh, I, you know, it, it is. It, it keeps that loose, and this there for all the people that don't like the 
never take a running back in the first round, and you can find so many. And I know you're on board with that a bunch of the times. And mm-hmm. I'm 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 open to both things. I'm just whatever whatever is going to work best for your team philosophy and all that stuff. Obviously, I think that we can we can finally say after. You know, the, the Joe Douglas kind of rigmarole leading up to the draft where he's just like, oh, no, it's just kind of how the board fell out. Look, they didn't take a, a running back in a deep fucking class until the fifth round. Like, obviously, they don't value him as high as other positions or skill sets or whatever, because clearly there are a lot of good running backs here. Now, I, I, the only thing, the slight sliver I'll say is they also had a ton of needs, too, and running back probably wasn't the very first thing that was on their board. But I think it's safe to say that this regime will never draft anybody third round or a, above. You know, third round's probably the, the the barrier mark there. Yeah, and that's fine because if you look at some of the guys who were the top rushers last year even in the league, you know, Jay Ajayi comes out of nowhere. Uh, Jordan, Jay Ajayi, yeah. Yeah, however you say I I don't watch <laughs> Miami games, man. <laughs> who I, does? I see his highlights and I walk away. Suck but, it, Adam Gase. Yeah, but uh, you, you see him, you see Jordan Howard, and there's just been guys uh, over the year, Jamal Charles, because I was looking at Kansas City and, and thinking of, well, when did he get drafted? And he was a third-round pick. So you can find talent in those later rounds, and those guys can become that elite bell cow guy that you want. But especially now with the Eagles, you're not trying to win right now, and you want to maximize that time that you'll have a cheap top caliber running back so even if you did want to do that philosophy I would wait till you know the year before Wentz gets his new contract like that's when you go for it if you feel the need but for now yeah draft these cheap guys spin the wheel so here's the other thing too and, it, and it's kind of a as a whole towards towards how they've approached this offseason I thought of that this week too it's just I really like the approach of everything for the most part I mean we can nitpick about some things and sure at the end of the day would I rather have OJ Howard over Derek Barnett probably but uh, still, overall, the approach has been refreshing almost. Like, it's okay. There's this new thing. We've talked about the one-year deals to death, and uh, and that'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the next offseason, plus who you're going to pay through all that stuff. So I'm sure there'll be a lot of heated debates throughout that. But overall, I mean, like, I there's something – there's obviously a lot of things that aren't going to work out. And I can't point to them right this moment. Point like, at me. I don't work out. <laughs> Vince Quinn does not work out on this show or uh, anything. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's not treadmill, true bike. <laughs> uh, yeah, what, are you talking to me now? Jesus. Uh, there is. Uh, I, I, what is one thing, though, that you can go, okay, this isn't going to work out? Is there anything that's sticking out right now? Because I'm trying to identify something that's like, this is clearly not going to work here. Ooh, this is fun. Because I'm going to say Torrey Smith is probably the thing that does not work. I've started. I, I hated Torrey Smith when they first signed him, and I've slowly grown to him. So I'm. I'm not because going he's to an say, A plus tweeter. Let's be honest. He's an A plus tweeter. <laughs> yeah, tweets are the key to my heart. No, um, yeah, it's just, yeah. I don't know. It's just something with. I, I just want to believe. You know, it's just this romanticism of me standing on a dock waiting for Tory Smith to return from the darkness of the ocean. Like I just, I just want to believe in that now. So that's a that's a twisted thing of mine. If I had to think of something that I. I just don't think it's going to work out. Yeah, draft pick or or signing or whatever. Oh, man, I I hate to say it, but the thing that concerns me the most is Jordan Hicks. What? 
Jordan Hicks is not going to work out. I, I worry about injuries with a guy that plays middle linebacker, and he's got a serious string of histories. Well, that's and, not worth ta- uh, Injuries aside, so, wipe the board. Okay, I'm ta- okay. I'm pure talent here. Pure ta- Okay, talent-wise, in terms of expectations, it's going to be blunt. Everyone eating touchdowns, winning a Super Bowl, having that, you know, just the the aura and reputation. I mean, they're asking about it in the press conference. There's going to be way too much expectation for Blunt, and he's not going to perform anything close to that. He's going to be fine. Yeah, I think they're, uh, again, I want to just keep saying this. I mean, I would expect a top of 130 carries and six touchdowns and 800, 700-yard range, somewhere around there. Like, I don't, I don't think he's going to be. Uh, and again, because they're not going to feed him the ball unless the game is determining it. Now, even last year, and BLG had brought this up several times, when you beat the shit out of Atlanta, you control the ball. You don't let the offense on the field. You let the defense do their thing, and that's how you do that. Uh, I'm sure the same thing. with the, it, it, When it calls for it, it will be there. But I think those games are going to be few and far between because, again, you're going to you're going to have to go score points. Yeah, this team's not a powerhouse on the defensive end of the ball. It's it's going to be tough. You're not going to have all these, yeah, fourth quarter, put LeGarrette in and just let him do his thing, defense on offense, essentially. Absolutely. And, and with that, I would like to say that at the BGN Radio Store right now, you can get your – I mean, I'm still hyped up because I just – I love – his personality, and even if he's just here for one year, you can right now go to the BGN Radio Store and get your own Philly Blunt t-shirt. It's the only Blunt that you can't roll up because it's LeGarrette Blunt, and it's t-shirts, it's, we have onesies, we have stickers, <laughs> Onesies. there's phone cases, there's laptop cases, there's everything. You can get your own Philly Blunt, it's in the, you know, the, the green and white, and uh, it's, a, you know, black t-shirts. Uh, but you can also create any color you'd like. It's the best thing about Tee Public is you can kind of customize it and make your own thing. So head over to the BGN Radio store on bgnradio.com. And click any one of the, the profile links, and it, it'll go right to our storefront there. Can we get it as a male romper? That's next. we got we got to petition <laughs> those the guys. the new innovation. Like, God, I can't believe that's going on. I know. Uh, ben Natan, our, our lead draft writer, is very about the, the romper, and I'm not. I don't get like it for him go, or for, for the no, ladies. No, for him, for, for him, him. Yeah. he's a romper guy. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, he, I mean, like, of course he is. <laughs> right? <laughs> he's in New York. He's hanging out with the hipsters. He's the actor, writer, NYU, cool, you know, right? Political activist that he is uh, constantly on in, garbaging up our timelines. Yeah. <laughs> but and by the way, by saying that, if you hate rompers and you hate Benetton, also in the BGN Radio Store. I hate Benetton t-shirts, coffee mugs, and all of the like there, too. There you so. go. But it's, uh, you know, everybody, and this, trust me, it's definitely not an original idea with the Philly Blunt thing. Like, everybody who's thinking about that, we just decided we might as well give you a place to go get as much apparel as, as possible for it. Well, the key is to do it well. I mean, every, yes. anyone can thank come out Max, with a product. And thank you to Max Rappaport for putting that together for us so over there at the Step Over Pod, if you're a, him and Jim Affairs, as we call him, but Jim Adair over at the Step Over Pod. Uh, and, I've, in fact, they have, uh, they have a brand-new episode over there as well reacting to the Sixers draft and things like that. So uh, with that being said, we do have to talk about this because I think you put the, the hex and the jinx on this here, Vince. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so, oh, no. And, and I didn't disagree with it. You know, so as you know, on BGNRadio.com, Vince does his Monday column. And last week was, hey, the Eagles might have found a gem here in Charles Walker when you look at his history and you know, the concussions and fucking Bob Stoops and all of that. And I, I, I felt the same way. I think, okay, the, here's a guy that, you know, anywhere that could have been the third to fifth round talent as uh, is a pretty good run stuffer and you could develop him and it, it would be nice and 
maybe they can polish off some of those edges. And then they cut them. They cut them. They cut them the, the, like the five days after you wrote the article. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, guys. That's that's on me. I mean, I I blew it. I I, I felt good about it. It was like I, I sat there before I wrote the article. I was like, man, what do I want to do? And I sat there and I thought about it for like 30 minutes. And I'm just like, man, Charles Walker is just this great story that no one. Yeah, it's just so under the radar. And it, he's going to be so good. And by the end of it, I'm like, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. And I'd be like, all right, <laughs> calm down, calm down. Let's let's get this together here. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the knee injury comes out of nowhere, and who knows if it's really a knee injury or, or whatever. But yeah, it's, well, it's a did, shame. He did say he had surgery already, and it was six to eight weeks into the process. So okay. he's not quite there yet. But yeah. him and Gerard Evans, of course, like I, I pump up Gerard Evans. Yeah. And he gets cut <laughs> That's and right. Says, so we got this thing going on here. We need to keep in rhythm. All right. Well, who else do you like? But this is this week. Yeah, <laughs> let's, exactly. let's get him cut. Yeah. I'm a big Des Bryant fan, by the way. <laughs> Huge. Yeah. I love Dak Prescott so much. Mm, he's great. Uh, and. Uh, so uh, this leads to our, you know, a lot of good questions here tonight. This is from C. Brown at uh, Flintlock97. Why do they let uh, Walker go and not Clement? Walker, I, I guess it's just the, the quality of the knee. That's all I can think of. They don't have time. Is really, is really I think, my, the, what the answer is. They don't have time. And it's the same thing with Gerard Evans had, came in with an ankle injury into this thing. And if they say like, "Hey, it's going to take me a couple of weeks to get back on the field," that's it. Like you're 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 there to see if you can do a thing, and that's it. If they don't have time. There's too many other guys that they got to teach and do their stuff. I think that's really the answer. Yeah, right now it's uh, with these rookie mini camps. This is another phase of tryouts. You're seeing if these kids, okay, they weren't drafted, or we took them in the seventh round. Was that a good idea? Because it really, seventh round pick and an undrafted guy is no different so yeah to get a good feeler of what those things are and then to also you're scouting ahead because you're saying all right well we've got a couple of prospects at defensive tackle and running back and wide receiver and whatever and as you see them maybe they're not as good as you hoped even if you were bullish on them so you have to start looking around the league at those other guys that you didn't get as undrafted free agents and seventh round picks and whatever and or even guys from the previous year that have been on practice squads and you say okay well now this guy's on our radar and that's with all that swapping that goes on you need those evaluations now to do that the best you can yeah and and there's just and that's just kind of how it is and plus you know Corey Clement can still play like that could that's your just as we were talking about, you got to see what's you got to see what you have there first. Like he is, he's the backup to Legarrette Blunt. He might spend uh, his time on the practice squad after this, but you want to try and keep him around, make sure he knows the playbook, all that. If any one of those guys go down, he's going to be the next man up through there, you know. And there, there's there's upside with that. You don't have another big bruiser, and those are your two guy, two guys. And plus, again. It's a one-year deal, guys. You know that, that's what that's what kind of happens through this thing. Yeah. Uh, so let's go to our good friend Randy Jobs, who is. Uh, oh, it's an interesting one. This might be a little bit of thinker. Who will have the most twenty-yard plays on offense for the Eagles this season? I'm going to stick with Alshon Jeffrey, even though it's completely obvious. And I want to say that because there was. I think it was the Yahoo fantasy writer, one of them. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe my ears when I heard this. That Jeffrey has little to no fantasy value. And what? I, and I was like, huh. The take was, I believe, and I, I apologize if I screwed up, but something along the lines of, I I am so out on Jeffrey that I don't think he I would even touch him 
on on my fantasy lineup. And and fa- fantasy's way different than actual football and I get, I get that. Yeah. That's asinine to me in both respects though. And even there were some people saying like yeah, it would be they're worried about the amount of volume and dis- distribution to them and I just kept thinking to myself, do you realize what's on this football team and what was here in the year before? I mean, I, I is it is it an, a, a bad expectation, and I saw this through some of the Reddit folks today too, that we're setting ourselves up with such huge disappointment with Alshon Jeffrey, and I, I don't I see that at all. Like that's, I mean, besides injuries and things like that, yes, that could be bad, but as far as like, will he show up and play, and will Wentz and him have a connection? Like he's the guy. So I, 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 anything under a thousand yards and seven touchdowns, I'd be shocked by. Yeah, no, clearly. It, wow, like I can't even, I can't even fathom the world that you live in where you can say that it's not even fantasy viable. Are you kidding me? It's like undersold, b- big time. Sorry, we, we got to get James's take on that too because he's going to fire up the show. But but still, like wow. Unbelievable to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm pissed off. It's, it's, it's just, yeah. I kind of got. I was like, I'm gonna be diplomatic, and I'm just like, I'm just gonna hit the fave button and walk away, and I'll just come back to it, you know, in, in October. Yeah, like the only reasonable way you can say that Jeffrey isn't productive as that guy is if it's like, yeah, I've been selling him steroids, and so I know he's going to get suspended eventually, and so I'm out. Like that's that's the only oh, possible. Oh, they also used Wentz was not uh, was erratic uh, last year. <laughs> so, so again, there's a good reason why, and it's not just his mechanics. Yeah. So, so, well, how about this? In terms of who's going to be the guy with the most 20-plus yard receptions, I'm going to get someone out of the doghouse and into the limelight, Mr. Zach Ertz. It's my guy. How about that? Yeah. Uh, I, he is a good player. When he's on and he's, he's started to figure it out with Wentz, something about the whole second half of the season, it it's so... I've never seen it before. I mean, I really haven't heard of a guy that the first eight games, he's like, oh, yeah, I don't like this warm weather. Give me cold, miserable weather when my body feels worse. Like, I just don't. uh, Something feels wrong about (laughs) all of that, and I just feel like it's only a matter of time. Part of it's play calling. Part of it, it could be Ertz. And uh, having the connection with the quarterback now, I look at it, I think Ertz is ready to go. He's going to have a good year, and it's going to be some 20-yard plays. When you've got a guy like Jeffrey out that. Like Jeffrey out there, it's it should happen. I have I don't I don't think he comes close to having twenty. I mean, like unless he's just going to run seam routes or somehow uh, learn how to get you know yards after the catch after all this time. I don't see that at all. Middle of the field, man, it's going to happen. That th- the middle of the field is going to be wide open. I'm I'm taking the long shot here. I think he's. I like the uh, man. We might have to give you odds on that. I think he's a distant, that would be fun. I think he's a distant fifth on this football team as far as twenty plus yard plays go. All right, this would be fun. I would. <laughs> well, let's figure this. We'll work on that. Yeah, we'll get it. We'll get the, that squared away. As uh, uh, I, I don't. I'm trying to think of anybody. Else. I mean, like another dark horse. I guess you could say is Torrey Smith, but I'm still kind of back and forth on whether he may or may not make this football team. Still, yeah. I don't know because I I I think there it comes down to Nelson Aguilar and eating three million dollars. Or keeping Torrey Smith on this football team at this point. I mean, that's that's because they're not. Well, they're not going to cut Gibson, and they're not going to put him on the practice squad. No. So that's that's already pretty much locked in and determined there. And again, it's just down to those two guys. You're not. You may or may not still trade Jordan Matthews. I don't know what's going to happen with that. I really don't think that they are. 
but I think they should. Uh, they yeah. So he's on the team. You've got Jeffrey. You've got you know. Uh, you got the, the. I mean, the squad's basically rounded out already. Mac Hollins is making this football team. Yeah. So it's really Torrey Smith and Nelson Aguilar. What a battle in training camp that that's going to be. Well, that's the other thing too, right? You've got six wide receivers that could be on the roster, and now you've got four running backs that could be on the roster. Something's got to give there. Yeah, it does. And it's it's going to be a name that, we, to some degree, we're attached to, for better or for worse. Like there's going to be a a very interesting cut in the skill position. There could be a. I mean, I think they keep six wide receivers, but there's a possibility they keep five. You know, and it just depends on they. That's where that we're going to keep four running backs, and we're going to you know they, wait. They have to keep four running backs, don't they? If they want this thing to work, pro- oh no, I guess they don't. But that's where the Corey Clement thing kind of comes in. If he balls out during uh <laughs> during the off season, then uh, then you got to start asking yourself, well, are we going to do we really need do we really need Nelson Aguilar on this football team? And that's that's an easy one at that point. But maybe yeah. Torrey Smith doesn't make it either. Maybe it's a double whammy. Yeah, and that's the perks of giving him that contract where really nothing's guaranteed. And that that was a great deal for both sides. Absolutely. All right, now let's go to Connor Rice. Which which tackle will be Derek Barnett's bitch this year? That's an easy one. It's Eric Flowers. Yeah, if you had to pick a guy, <laughs> man, outside of that, outside of that, I don't know. I'm I'm not the biggest Barnett fan. Yeah, you're kind of still. I I yeah, I haven't warmed up to him. I hey, prove me wrong. You know that whole standard spiel, but like I I just don't buy it right now. I don't see the elite speed that I'm looking for. Or anything. he's he's not dominant in any specific category, and so I'm worried. I don't I don't think he's going to have a stellar rookie year. I don't think he's I don't think he is either. But I still think he's going to be a great player. Like I honestly think in the first couple of weeks, people are going to go bust, and then it's going to take a while for him. Just and that's true of any pass rusher in this. A lot of positions too. Pass rusher, corner, very hard to adjust right away. It really, really is. I think wide receivers a little overblown as far as like, well, you know, we've been so spoiled. Like, yeah, whatever. You can catch a fucking football. (laughs) You know, like (laughs) it's it's fine. That doesn't really change that much. Yeah, I I think that uh, I, I think he finds more success. Week five, six, like he starts getting into there. And I he's probably not going to start either. I don't think he's going to start. And I I didn't like him in January. And mm-hmm. I I started, I had to keep, I, I went back and I, I looked at all the pass rushers again and again. And some people told me like, oh, this is, you know, look for this, look for these things. Look at the guys that he's bull rushing. And then I warmed up to him a little more. I go, okay, I, I do think he is a very good pass rusher. And even though David Weintraub always reminds me of that every five seconds. <laughs> he tries to trash yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So... There is, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I, I mean, Eric Flowers is everybody's bitch in this league, but I, I would say uh, that's probably right. Hey, maybe we might get lucky. It might be, you know, hey, it might be our good friend Lyle Collins. You never know because he, they're going to put him out at right tackle and he's going to play on play on all different sides there. Uh, all right, let's go to Tyler uh, Tyler Roberts uh, Avankian. Apologize, I'm butchering that. Here's, here's a great one for you. Blount. Or see, look I, at I, that. It just it, you want to say it's so bad yeah. because the O's there. Uh, blunt over under twelve and a half rushing touchdowns this season. Uh, let's put that at five. Yeah, <laughs> over under seriously. Over, and I would probably st- I'd take the over on five, but nah, I uh, definitely the one hundred percent under on twelve and a half. Yeah, yeah, five. If he, I think he ends with maybe six or seven. 
Josh Robbins, uh, Robson, excuse me, no, there's no end there. Uh, him and uh, our good friend Matt Gumbrecht had the, the basically the same question, and they tweeted it uh, just uh, seconds before each other, which is very cool, and I think they followed each other and had babies. Hive mind. Uh, yes, indeed. Of the one-year contract players, which ones have the best shot at going more than one year here? Does Tory Smith count? Tory Smith counts because it's te- yeah. I mean, it's technically not a one-year deal, so actually he doesn't. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's a like, series of one. Yeah, deals. it's consecutive one year deals. So it kind of is. If so, in that case, I would pick him. Okay. He just, I, I think he is going to figure it out enough to stay for that money. I think it's, I think it's still Jeffrey. Uh, I would say that most people, and I think who said the least, is there a least favorite of of that who is definitely not going to make it past this one? I would say Warmack. Is probably that guy. I would say Legarrette Blunt is definitely that guy. Yes. I'll, here's a hot one for you. I don't think Jernigan makes it past this one year deal. Okay, and and why does he not make it past this deal? I, 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 I again, I like him. I think it made a ton of sense there, and I would very much like to see this dominating defensive tackle right next to Fletcher Cox doing doing the pass rush things. And it's the same stuff that you heard a lot of the time with all the guys that were playing in a 3-4 that should have been in a 4-3 mm-hmm. and the guys that were two-gapping that should have been one-gapping. And it's the same thing with Elijah Qualls and a lot of these guys. Uh, it's great and all, but I still think that he is good, not great. And I think he's going to – and I, and it's not because he's going to be bad. That the, It's just he's going to cost too much money. And yeah. I don't think he's going to be here next year. And as much as I'm not for morals, I'm also not about paying defensive tackles a lot of money. And so when you're already overpaying Cox, I mean, like, pff, wow. I mean, you're overpaying him by like 33%. So when you're doing that, to pay another defensive tackle in Jernigan, yeah, I, I can't do it. Yeah, so if there is, and unless it is in absolutely dominating fashion, then, it, then it, I mean, you, ha- you almost have to at that point. But other than that, you know, I don't. I think it's easy. They're going to be too pricey, or he's not going to be good enough to to kind of resign there. So you can yell at me at Brandon Gouten is my Twitter <laughs> handle. Uh, let's switch it up and go with uh, some hot sauce, Cholulas, or Frank's Red Hot Sauce. This is coming from uh, at Carson D. Wentz. Ooh, Cholula. That's got the little uh, cork top oh, on yeah. there. That's that's not bad. It's a little thin for my liking. A little thin. I'm eh? a Frank's. In that case, I'm going Frank's Red Hot. Yeah, I don't mind either. I want to preface that with that, but I am a one thousand percent Cholula guy, like without a doubt, uh, all the time. In fact, I'll even go cheaper and thinner. How about that tapatilla? That's the stuff! How about that 75-cent yes! tapatilla, baby? Oh, it's so good! I love it. And I put it on everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, did, I had a phase where, seriously, it was like a problem that I had where every everything that I was eating had hot sauce in it. If I had soup, I'd, I'd drop a soup. top, uh, I, I would little little dab a tapatio in the soup and all. Oh, my God, it was it was bad. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, I love it. Uh, speaking of John from Portland, here he is at Not My Real Emails. How excited are you for the blunt smash mouth football late in games? Peters, Johnson, and Brooks are some run-blocking freaks, baby. Hashtag Super Bowl 52, which... <laughs> Which uh, obviously is yes. Is, is, we're going. We're, that's it. I no. That's what I love. That's that's the exciting. I'm not excited about you know the the goal line touchdowns or 
going for it on fourth and two and converting every single time. And that's actually, you know what, but before we get into that, that's one thing we didn't touch on about this. Doug Peterson showed that he is mucho aggressive last year, which is a great thing. Yes. And if Blunt allows him to continue to do that on those fourth and ones and, and keep the ball moving, you're not having to think about it. I don't want that to slow down at all. And I think a lot of the guys on the offense is why I'm excited that I know that it's going to be plus two in the win column just based on the upgrades there. It's because you can do all those things. You can rely on a guy to – and I got to say, uh, our good friend uh, Kyle Posey, who uh, does some stuff over uh, with, the, with the Chargers, the now defunct San Diego Chargers, the L.A. Chargers. Rough. So he went through all of Josh Norman's one-on-ones versus big-time receivers. And was he worth the money? That was the basis of the article. And man, oh man, if there wasn't three or four just Alshon Jeffrey beating the snot out of him and just shoving him out of the way on slant patterns and just everything else. And I just started thinking, I was like, man, oh man. I, I Like, I started to get really excited. Like, I, I that's when I was just like, can I, I just got to say for a moment, Eagles fans, Alshon Jeffrey's on this football team. Not like, you know, the wrong, uh, the wrong brother. Not the not not <laughs> some stooge that we have to like hype up and and be here. He was already one of the best wide receivers in the league. He will continue to do that. Yes, there will be injuries. Yes, he'll want to eat some steroids every now and again. Yes, he's going to want to. Uh, I don't know. They get a, a, a ton of money. We understand all those things. At the end of the day, he is still one of the best wide receivers. In the league, objectively, subjectively, however you want to look at that, it's going to be fucking awesome. For one year, it's going to be great. Yeah, for, for even if it is just this year, it's going to be it, the ability to go downfield and have someone that has actually shown a track record of catching the ball. Woo! I mean, man, it's just it's so frustrating for Wentz. Like that's the thing here is. That guy through the season was getting so frustrated. He he got a little bit worse. You know, it was that like towards that third quarter of the season, you you could see the frustration. You could see he wasn't managing the ball as well in terms of trying to force plays downfield instead of throwing it away, and and all those kinds of little things that happen when no one is doing literally anything for you. And man, to to know that on a fifty fifty ball, it's now more of a sixty forty ball. That's seventy. <laughs> 25-25. Yeah, Let's like that is you know, oh, it's it's so exciting and just to get those plays and see them like I can't wait to throw my remote accidentally celebrating. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. And honestly, like I know that just go back to that Detroit game again. Yes, I know. Ryan Matthews sh- shouldn't have fumbled the football. But if that pass, which was a bad pass, I will admit, to Nelson Aguilar and you replace Nelson Aguilar with Alshon Jeffrey, you're winning that football game on a field goal. Yeah. Yeah, you are. <laughs> right? I mean, that, that's the difference. That's the difference between winning and losing right there. So, again, plus two in the fucking win column. Get excited about that. Like, don't don't ever let that wash away. But, yes, I am excited to see the power running game of that late in games, finishing out games. And uh, guess what? LeGarrette Blunt has been fantastic holding on to the football, so you don't have to worry about that as much. Well, yeah, and that's that's part of the value here, talking about because, you know, the question or the, I don't know, it's more of a statement, but having the offensive line be that good, 
it's part of a factor of not having that bell cow running back because now you can pay you like Peters is a guy that in most circumstances basically every other circumstance you would see he's gone and he's maybe gone last year so yeah. to to have that luxury to hold on to him and pay Lane Johnson as the highest paid right tackle in the league and Brandon Brooks and Wisniewski behind Kelsey who you still have like there's it's crazy the amount of luxury like the offensive line is Jewelers Row I mean, they're, they're, it's a it's a pricey, <laughs> it really expensive, and and there's a lot of them, and so to have that, like now you pay for this specialist in the Garrett Blunt, and he's going to do that, and and for those situations, you have a very good chance of success. But part of it is you because you don't have that one guy, you're paying thirteen million, or well, I guess now it'd be more yeah, like eight million dollars. Exactly, exactly, and that's kind of I've already just been like, all right. If they're going to roll like this, I don't know. And I, I'm sure that there is a question somewhere along the lines about this, but if if Jason Kelsey stays here, what do you do? What's the, what's the plan? You know, like I don't – obviously there would be competition and whatever. I don't think you – let's just say he doesn't win the competition. Okay? <laughs> oh, man. All right? And he's still on this football team. Well – at that point, I think they still they would they would try and make a trade so he could go wherever, and they would do a swap of players. Yeah, but let's just throw all that all the window. Jason Kelsey is now a backup. What do you? What is? How do you feel about that, man? Uh, he's been for his career here. He's never been a disruptor, a rabble rouser. If anything, one of the criticisms of Jason Kelsey has been that he was too loyal to Chip Kelly. Yeah. So. Looking at it, I don't think he's going to be a problem. No. If, if anything, it might be an opportunity to be creative because Kelsey's asset is that he's an offensive lineman that's more svelte, we'll say. Oh, um, you know what? You know what you do is so I made the prediction that I, you know, Bo Allen might not make the squad. Yeah, I think he probably does now because you know the Charles White rest thing. in peace. I'm <laughs> so, uh, Charles, I'll send you flowers. I'm so sorry. <laughs> really threw us off there. But uh, so the honey bobo package, maybe you go maybe go double power honey bobo double power honey mm. bobo Kelsey and Bo Allen in the backfield with Legarrette Blunt just to fucking mode grade <laughs> everybody for four minutes. Well, yeah, that's the kind of flexibility you, you know? have. Uh, I, I don't Kelsey see why play not. Fullback. I'm 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 not saying this to be a dick. I'm saying this. I think he can do it. He I think t- he could do it better than Bo Allen. Totally. In the seven times that you need him for the game. Because he has the experience of doing it. He understands how offensive lines are dealing with moving linebackers and things, stunts and whatever. He's seen it all, and he's the guy that's making those calls for the line. On top of that, he's an expert at getting into the open space and uh, pulling. I mean, so, yes, he, he's a great fit for that. And I don't see why on, not. He's going to be taking on linebackers most of the time. <laughs> That's, you know? Yeah, that's the size that he fits with. So yes, I don't know. he kinda, makes sense. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, I'm kind of interested to see what that might look like. I would love to see that seven snaps a game. Uh, all right, we'll get to uh, some other ones, then we'll wrap it up here at uh, ooh, our, our good friend at Random Frank P, who actually, if you're a nerd like me, uh, and you love the YouTube, which I think we all do, mm-hmm. uh, fr- Frank has a uh, a fantastic show where he just kind of goes through. The best tech deals that are out there. He's actually helping me with some tablet uh, things that were going on as I was, I was skimming through there. So ah. YouTube.com, Random Frank P, for all your lovely updates were there. In a way too early to tell prediction, do you think the Eagles target a running back in the first round of next year's draft? No. 
They no. Do, they don't know they do not. Not 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 at all. And the first thing that they will look for again is a corner. That's my prediction way too early into this thing. Ooh, I'm going linebacker for the way too early prediction. Oh, that's a good one, too. Uh, I still don't think they do that because I don't think they value him that high either. I'll fight you a year from now. Unless there's like, <laughs> unless Ben and Toronto are listening to this and be like, you fucking idiot, you don't know about Richard Schmelton from uh, the upper, <laughs> upper Derby State, you idiot. One of Cromartie's kids. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. One of them's got to be ready by now, right? Uh, I think that uh, you should be, and again, it's a little... It's a little homer. It's a little Iowa bias. But uh, if he, Arkham Wadley is the guy that you need to remember from University of Iowa, who has so far uh, made C.J. Beathard uh, have a career in the NFL, and I think he's probably a third, fourth rounder right now, but very shifty, a perfect size for a running back, about you know five, five ten. You know, 190, somewhere around there, where he's just, he's very, very loose, very has a, a get off ability, has the shakes, has the cuts. Keep an eye on him. That's all I'm saying. About six and a half yards per carry as a, as a full time back here. Good offensive line to, to run that through and stuff, too, but just throwing it out there. Now, what was that name again? Possibility. Arkham Wadley. <laughs> I like that name. I like hearing you say that name. <laughs> On the next Arkham Wadley. <laughs> right? It sounds like a, kind of like a Batman spinoff or yeah, something like good. that. Yeah, it's good. So uh, with that being said, uh, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, uh, yeah I, I'm curious everybody else's predictions on that too. What do you think they go with in the first round in a, a very way too early uh, situation here? How many, uh, this come from Nick Mace, how many rushing tutties versus passing tutties this year? I don't know if you're looking for a ratio or an exact number, but I will say, I'll go with numbers. I will say that there are, I'm going to go with 19 rushing touchdowns. Okay. And I'll go on the high side-ish, and I'll say 30 in the air. I was thinking about the same thing. I said uh, I'm thinking 32 passing touchdowns and rushing wise, man, it's about the same. Uh, I'm going to spite you and I'll go 23. Wow, I'll, how about that? We're, we're putting up cooking. all the points, baby. Offense is definitely got to mix it up, John. cooking. So uh, with that, if we didn't get to your questions, uh, keep them coming as we will try to answer as many each and every show. Uh, I think we'll just uh, we'll wrap it up here with you know a lot of good news, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, good vibes about this Eagles team so far, but uh, your final thoughts here, Vince? Uh, my final thoughts. Well, you went into this off season, and there's so much wondering, right? There's a there's a lot of names that could get cut, and there's a lot of holes to fill. And now that we have rookie training camp, or rookie camp, I should say, and <laughs> yeah. and you've been past the draft and everything, you look at this roster now. And it is a really strong step that has the potential to be a core for a long time. It also has the possibility to change if things go bad. I mean, the you know the optionality, the hinky term, it is there. But you have so much youth, and and that's the key to any successful team is having a, a lot of good young players that come up in a two to three year span. And if you look at last year's class and some of the contributions there, which were pretty good, and now you're looking at this class where you see Sidney Jones and you might have another starting corner with Rasul Douglas. And I mean, there's a lot to like here. 
this is a very good situation to be in. It's not about this year, but it could be about 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22. I mean, it, this team has the opportunity to be in a really strong window and actually compete for championships, be a real contender. Yeah, I, I and I agree. I think right now that they should be able to contend for a playoff spot this year, and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be that hard, you know, unless the schedule comes out that they are literally facing every team that is, you know, a winning percentage of eight hundred or something like that, and you're just kind of like, oh my god, I can't believe they run in ran into this gauntlet one more time. Things change so much in the NFL that, you know, it is uh, it looks really promising, and even if they just take that second step uh, to get there, and even if you just get me nine wins, and there's a ton of ton of good vibes there, I, I'm I'm okay with that. If you're losing to like guys that are just there's this too many people on the schedule that are just above you. That that's good. They're, you're progressing. You're doing a lot of different things. And if Carson Wentz is winning you football games, and that whole narrative can just shut up, I, you know that's what I'm saying. Like I'm not expecting a, a, a ton of things here, but I am expecting uh, that these guys will be uh, severely improved from last year. Ah, <laughs> yes, those famous words in Philadelphia sports, which you know, Jesus, I did somebody, somebody start winning something soon. Uh, <laughs> my final thoughts are nothing sports related. I lost a brother today, uh, and it is Chris Cornell. And I know that sounds ridiculous because I didn't really know him, but I knew him. I felt him. I, uh, it is, it was an incredible thing that happened this morning where I woke up and I started crying for an hour. I couldn't figure out how or why or like what. And of course, comes out with reports that might even even hung himself. And you're just kind of like, oh my God, like how are these guys that are so amazing that changed your view on music, on life, on everything they just kind of leave us suddenly and i was blown away by that today i think that if you are younger and i noticed that there obviously there's a lot it made me think of two things i'm older than i actually think i am (laughs) because there are a lot of people that weren't aware of who chris cornell was which blew me away and also that you know they didn't know what soundgarden was those there were four records that changed my life and bad motorfinger was definitely one of them that was one of the first things i ever heard when i was 11 or 12, you know, it was right around that era where all I listened to was just fucking Metallica. And I thought that that was your world and that was it. And that was all that was there. And Chris Cornell made me think there's only two people that have done that in my life musically early on. Chris Cornell, Manu James Keenan. And Chris was able to make you feel everything by the way he sung. So it was either whether it was it felt like it was singing the blues to rock and then just in in uh, to a screaming halt where it was just metal vocals and he could do it in a bridge to a chorus and then the next thing be playing an acoustic guitar and doing amazing covers and I even saw that today where somebody had posted a video of him doing a cover of U2's one but using the lyrics of Metallica's one and put them together and it sounded fucking amazing like I and and that happened a couple of years ago, and he just does that sort of sort of stuff, and you just start hear all these different stories. Val Kilmer even said something today where he was just he would always show up and be at my parties and just be by his lonesome in the corner playing the guitar, and then all of a sudden, every single woman that was you know like in his house would be sitting down watching him perform. Chris Cornell was not just a rock singer, and Chris Cornell was and still is and will continue to be. One of the best influences in my life, and I think in a lot of different people's lives, and I was so sorry to hear that he passed away today. 
and uh, I uh, and and it's I don't I don't know. Like I, honestly, I can say with with three different people in the music world, Chris Cornell saved my life, and I felt bad that I couldn't save his. And I wish that for all of us out there that are going through whatever we're going through, and I have no idea, and I couldn't possibly fathom what it is like. And I, I notice that all the time with a lot of these great artists is that. You know, some of them have to be completely tortured and completely ripped apart to give you all of that great music, that great art that they give you. And I wish that there was a different way sometimes and, and, and just to hold on. And I didn't I didn't need anything more. And, you know, I almost it, it gets to a point where you almost feel bad. It's just like, man, I consumed so much of you that you couldn't be you. Uh, and there is a lot of different people in my life that have gone through a lot of those different situations with. You know, whether it is depression or whether it is just like I don't I just don't feel like doing this anymore. Please talk to people. It's okay. Like there is nothing that is going to be worse than than moments like this when we're all reflecting on man, you didn't you know, he was fifty two and that's still very young. But regardless, I hope that uh, even with me just saying this, that if you weren't there to experience any of his music, even if his solo stuff please just go back and enjoy the journey of what he left all of us because he is one of the best uh, singers that you will ever hear in your lifetime. So uh, ending on a somber note, but uh, a good one nonetheless. This has been BGN Radio number 237 right here on BGNRadio.com and BleedingGreenNation.com.